football podcast called Live in the Stream comes to you each week. Streaming recommendations during NFL season, it's not just tongue and cheek. Quarterback, defense, tight end recommendations based on opposition matchups. Here are your podcast hosts, JJ Zacharyson and Danny Carter, Living the Stream. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Living the Stream. I'm JJ Zacharyson, the late round quarterback, and as always, I am joined by my lovely, 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 lovely co-host, Denny Carter. Denny, what's going on, buddy? Out of control. Completely out of control. Um, I, I I have tilted enough for three seasons through two weeks. Yeah. Um, I feel like we are, like I said last week, I feel like we're approaching thanksgiving now and 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 that's good uh and then i look forward to and then look at the schedule and i think my god my god what what what, what's happening it's it's uh it it's it's something that you look forward to all year and then you get there and you think wait august was august was nice (laughs) i liked (laughs) i liked august i like july better yeah i uh i went and i looked at and i thought about this and i was writing my 15 transactions for week three article and i was like Cover your kids' ears. Actually, I won't say it. Holy S-H-I-T, folks. We still have 14 weeks to go. Actually, 15 if you're really going into week 18 and playing that game. I'm just glad that you you told everybody to earmuff it. Yeah. And then I, you know, and then I said to myself, you know what? I don't think it's time to throw the SH bomb out there. Only when you're truly fired up. That yeah. then that's when it's excusable and, and the kids will understand. Right, you know? right. And that in that case. Uh, speaking of being fired up, Denny. Yes. This past weekend, I don't know if you guys saw this or not. I, I'm usually not. If you haven't noticed, I'm usually not very active on on social media over the weekend because it's usually you know more of a family time. Uh, and so, but over the weekend, there was a tweet by a guy named Dan Clark. He he's at Dan Clark Sports. And look, I'm calling him out here not to like call him out, call him out. I'm only saying like you guys would know what I'm talking about because the tweet went viral. In the tweet. He said that he's a, he, when, when he goes on shows and he's a, a guest of a podcast, okay, he says that he charges $50 to $100 per show. And he says that because he spends an hour plus researching for the stuff that he's going to talk about on that show and his time is valuable, right? And so when he did that on one show, someone, you know, someone said, hey, come on my show. And he goes, well, I charge, you know, $75 for the show. And the guy told him to F off. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, you know, he didn't, didn't use the word, or the letter F. He actually mm-hmm. said the word because um, we don't swear on the show. No, so, never. We never have. So the guy is like going back, like, and you know, he's saying, as he's saying all of this, he sent some tweets, like, you know, someone responded who had like 500 followers. And he was like, uh, if this ever happened to me, I would just go on the show for free or something like that. And then this, the, the guy quote tweeted him and he was like, huh you have 500 followers, you know, and he was, mm-hmm. he was like, he was like acting all high and mighty yeah. because, uh, checks notes here. Uh, he has 42,000 followers also doesn't have the best follower ratio. He's following 26,000 accounts. So let's not pretend mm-hmm. that this guy is this high in demand, you know, baseball guy. And so, you know, he sends that tweet. And then, you know, I said, I, I sent a quote tweet out that said, don't be Dan Clark, because it was just a, a very obnoxious way to approach that. And then from there, uh, when that when he sent that one tweet saying like, oh, you have 500 followers, this is marketing 101 champ. That's what he said. 
I responded because I have more followers than this guy does because clearly followers matter to him a lot. And I said, uh, hey, look, I don't charge when I go on podcasts. Uh, and then he came back to me and he was not nearly as mean to me as he was oh, that other guy. And that. then I said, I said, well, I care about relationship building. Uh, I care about paying it forward. You know, all of that when I go on uh, these other shows. And then I said, marketing 101 champ, because obviously <laughs> the relationship building stuff is important. But I think that this discussion is at least a little bit interesting. And I think people might want to hear us talk yeah. about this because, yeah. because I, I want people to know, number one, that it is not normal to ask for money to go on a show because usually people are going on shows uh, for exposure, right? So like radio, for instance, right? People are going on radio, not just to like get paid money to go on radio, unless you're doing like a recurring segment or something, but people aren't going on radio just to go on, right? They're doing it for exposure. They're not going on podcasts just to go on podcasts. They're doing it for exposure. And there is, there is a dollar value related to that exposure. Now, I know that Denny isn't going to have the exact same take as me when it comes to this, because Denny will probably say that, that he should be trying to, you know, that we are working, right? These are hours worked that we're putting into this and we should get paid mm-hmm. for it in some way. So what, what's your overall yeah. take on this? Yeah. I mean, you pretty much nailed it. I, I <laughs> would I turn down money uh, if it was offered to me to go on podcasts, you know? Right. Uh, and I mean, now that I work for, for the, the, the grand peacock, uh, yes, I would have to. I would turn down that money, but, uh, you know, in the before times I, I, I would have, I would have happily taken it. The thing is the thing that just doesn't sit right with me is an hour of prep time. Now that is a lot. That is a lot of prep time for a podcast. Like I, I put a lot of prep time into this Yeah. and that's like, you know, I, I'm going to, I'm going to draw back the curtain a little bit. It's about, it's about 30 minutes. Yeah. But in 30, in 30 minutes of pure prep time, no distractions, no Twitter. I know it's amazing. I stay out of Twitter for, for 30 minutes, no kids, no nothing. 30 minutes, you can get a lot of research done, a lot, okay, for one show. We're talking about one show. We're not talking about a whole season full of shows. And so an hour seems ex- excessive, excessive to me. Now, I'm not saying it's impossible, but it seems a little, a little much. Now, uh, you know, at demanding money, I don't, I don't know about that. I, I don't, there were, there have been lots of people who have come on stuff that we've done back before, you know, Mm -hmm. before we were accepted by the mainstream media Uh, and, and and, uh, people, you know, what much bigger than us in the industry who came to us and talked to us for, for nothing and, and didn't expect anything. And that was, and so it is, there is a a thing, you know, the, the, the concept of paying it forward does come into play here. Yeah, look, I think it's really, really important. I, I go on as many shows as I can uh, because I think it's, and I'm not even saying like, oh, I'm better than you. I have more followers, but I'm also just realistic in knowing that if you have a show that you just started and I go on that show, you're probably going to get at least some more listens. But number one, this guy is overrating the absolute crap out of what he brings to a podcast because he, he part of his logic was that he, him, him uh, getting 50 to $100 was that he was getting more exposure for that podcast because he would tweet it out. I don't think people understand the conversion on no. a tweet like that and, and, the, and the value of a tweet like that. It is not, it is not significant whatsoever. No. And then not, not only that, I mean, look, there, there's a, 
there's a lot to dive in here. Number one, I, for, with regards to the research thing, I research for every single podcast that I go on because I have a, 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 a general, uh, I, I get anxiety with literally anything that I do. And I've learned through just living life that when I prepare, I just feel a lot better internally going yeah. into a, a situation and going into a show. And so I research everything. Every single show I go on, I have some sort of research. I hate when there's not an agenda, which is why I hate doing radio because radio usually doesn't have agendas. Uh, but the other thing to your point about this show, we, we do have some redundancy with this show to be fair so that we yes. know like exactly where we're going and what we're looking for and all that kind of stuff. But I'll tell you this, Matt Kelly. Okay. Everyone knows Matt Kelly, uh, wrote a wonder world. Uh, and he does his, his podcast. That's like 14 hours long. It's like the Joe Rogan of, of, uh, of the fantasy <laughs> world in terms of length. He, he will send a show sheet and there are probably 40 questions on the show sheet. Whenever I, whenever I go on the show, I will research them and I will put answers to all of those things. That's the longest that I will take to research a show. And I don't think I've ever done it for more than an hour. Like yes. I don't think it's ever gotten to an hour. So right. this is just telling us that this guy doesn't know his material very well. So that means that he's not as good of a guest, which once again, he's overinflating his own value that he's bringing to these shows. But here's the real like, problem with how this all works is that a show that gets you a lot, by the way, when I was going back and forth with this guy, he deletes all of his, his tweets to people. So like after a half hour, he deleted all the tweets that we had and he was like, Oh yeah, this is what I do. I delete these tweets when I'm, when I'm adding people. So you can't go back and look, but at one point he told me I would go on your podcast for free and talk about this. That's what he told me. And I gave him the Randy Jackson, that's going to be a no from me dog gif. Uh, that's, how I, that's how I responded to him. I saw but, that. So, so he, he clearly understands the value of exposure by, by saying something like that, right? And so re- regardless though, the issue with this whole getting paid to go on a podcast or not, there's, let's just group podcasts into two different podcasts, a podcast that can make money and a podcast that can't make money. And you need thousands and thousands of listens in order to monetize a podcast generally unless you're doing it for like a company and you're cross-selling and all that kind of stuff. You need thousands and thousands of listens in order to truly monetize a podcast in some way. And so, unless you have like Patreon or something too, but regardless, uh, let's just bucket podcasts into two distinct groups. One being one that can make money and one that can't, right? Mm-hmm. The one that can make a lot of money, that means that they're getting a lot of view, of listens, right? Mm-hmm. So if you go on that show, you're getting insane exposure. And that's the entire point. That's a, there's an insane amount of value in that exposure piece. I mean, I understand that like it's your time and you should be paid for your time, but you can't just like ignore the fact that there's a marketing component to what we do as journalists, as analysts. I mean, I'm not a journalist, but this guy, you know, any journalist, any analyst, any person who's a brand on social media, getting exposure is important and it is money. It's valuable, right? And then on the flip side, you go on a show that doesn't get a lot of listens, doesn't monetize their podcast, and then you ask them for money, right? That's the problem is that that show doesn't have money to give you. And there's no reason that they would then give you money. I mean, look, if this guy's making money off of going on podcasts, good for him. That's not, that's, that wasn't even my issue with what he said, really. I, I, you know, if he wants to go and say, Hey, give me 50 bucks to go on your show. And someone's giving him that good for him. My issue is the arrogance is the cockiness Mm -hmm. is the approach and the talking down to people as he yeah. went about this. And then in his profile saying like, you know, his, his profile has changed since then, but his profile at the time was like, I give, I get paid to give my opinions and I don't care if you're offended. 
<laughs> and then the, the dude, after he gets destroyed, after his tweet goes viral, the dude makes his account private and then he changes his profile. What is that? I mean, the, he's soft. I mean, like yeah, I, I've never, the, I've never called another man soft in my life, but this is a soft, this is soft. Like this is, uh, this is like he went from, he went from, are you triggered to, I talk about sports. Right. So. It's, it's just this tough guy attitude on the internet. And I'm just, it's just so obnoxious and I just hate it so much. So I had to call him out. And I was like the only, I was one of the few people yeah. who he went back and forth with on this topic. And, and again, to, to reiterate, you can ask for a thousand dollars and I don't care. Just don't go to Twitter. <laughs> don't go to Twitter and start like talking down on people and throwing someone under the bus for saying F you in response to honestly, a, a, a very unorthodox way of approaching going on a podcast. Sure. Yeah. My, my, my one issue that, that comes up here with the payment stuff is that I don't want uh, a conversation like this to be conflated with us. And I know you, you wouldn't either with conflated with us saying fantasy analysts, writers shouldn't ask for decent money right. to do their jobs. That that's, that's not the same thing, no. you know, um, because, you know, lots of there, there are lots of people being taken advantage of every yeah. season and off season to, for that matter. Um, you know, with, with very low pay for, a, for some hard work for some, from some hard numbers crunching and lots of words written. And so, you know, I, I don't want people to think that you, they have to take whatever they're given um, you know, but, but the, the, this podcast issue is, is something different, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I, well, it's something different too, because he doesn't own the podcast, whereas yeah, you exactly. would, you would own a lot of the written word that you would be putting together. And then obviously it just takes more time to do something like that and put it together. And there's more value from that, but like, yeah, I mean, I just, I'm just not a fan of his approach and how he went about this. I, if you really want to try to get money and look, I understand that there's plenty of people out there who need money and who are doing this in a way like they need it to survive, let's say, right? Like they need to make money writing any sort of content because they need to put food on the table. That's totally understandable. If there's a podcast that says, I don't want to pay you, then understand that, right? Mm -hmm. Like, like don't go on Twitter and get all upset that he said F you. Mm -hmm. Like, like you have to, you have to have some self-awareness to know that this is not a normal request. And then from there, you know, act accordingly. Right. Like don't don't air your grievances out on Twitter for something like that. That's something that should be behind the scenes. And that's why the dude got destroyed. I like again, I, I think you know, 99% of people understand to not charge for going on a show like that because of what I talked about earlier. But at the same time, you know, I'm not even really faulting him for that. And that's what people didn't necessarily understand with my tweet, because my tweet was not very descriptive. But you know, I wasn't really upset about the fact that he was like asking for money. I was just more upset about him just being a complete douchebag. Yeah. It, don't make fun of people's follower account. Yeah, follower like don't do account. that. It's just that's, so dumb. That's, that's very, you know, that, that's not okay. It's very, it looks, makes you look insecure, even if you're not. Yeah. Just, I mean, just well, he's insecure. There's no doubt he's insecure. Yeah. And, and, and secondly, we could solve this issue if Congress would pass a stimulus for, for podcast appearances, for podcast guests. <laughs> and you know what, though? Joe Biden won't won't sign the bill. So it's Joe, crazy. I know you're listening. You got to do it, man. You got to you got to funnel some cash to us podcast guests, please. Let's talk week two streamers. I say week two because I want to recap before I get to yes. week three. I'd say overall not great. Uh, no. Speaking of speaking of Twitter etiquette, um, I have a new rule here. Here's my new rule, Denny. If I give a recommendation, a play for someone to use, and the game is still going on and they're moaning yeah. and yelling at me on Twitter yeah. because I recommended something that wasn't working and the game isn't over yet, you're muted. 
You've got to wait. I, I, I mute you. You're done. Done. Yeah. Yeah. You got to wait. So that happened with the Packers uh, on Monday night. They ended up still scoring six fantasy points. They were a fringe top 12 defense this past week, even though they yeah. were horrendous. I mean, the, the Packers defense is so bad. Yeah. Uh, but it didn't matter. So the Packers and Bengals both scored six and the Giants scored two. Teddy Bridgewater was the main streamer. He had 21.2 fantasy points. Pretty good day for him. Ben Roethlisberger looked like, uh, I mean, he looked like a, a zombie. Man. I mean, he, he he's that. just, he, he is, he is just dust. He, he, he got hit at one point. I'm sure you saw it. He got hit by that, that crazy rush edge rusher for the, for the Raiders. Yeah. Um, and uh, it, it looked like he might just lay there for the rest of the game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, oh yeah. He, he just the look on his face was like, I don't want to be here. Yeah. I just, it's just not looking good for Roethlisberger. He had 13.8. He actually saved his day because of that Najee touchdown. Uh, Mac Jones was a deep play. Didn't really come through though. He only scored 7.4. Jared, uh, tight end. So remember last week we entered the week. We we're like, yeah, we feel pretty good about tight end. Tight yeah. end's pretty good. Guys, tight end is back to being the absolute S show D fire that, that we, we've <laughs> learned to love over the last three years. Uh, it was bad. It was really bad. So Jared Cook, our best tight end, you know, our favorite tight end this past week, he scored 5.8 points. Uh, Cole Komet uh, did not do anything. Uh, yeah. Neither did Adam Troutman. Adam Troutman is he on the is he in the NFL anymore? I have no idea. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> your your boy James O'Shaughnessy ended up getting hurt, uh, he, so he only scored. He look. Let's just James O'Shaughnessy was about to have a huge day, folks. He was. He was. <laughs> a huge day. He was on his way to eight catches for ninety yards and a touchdown. Mark my words. Oh man, Dalton Schultz three point eight. I mean, it was just not great for tight ends, but it's just not great for tight ends really across the league, unfortunately. So, Denny, let's just move on to week yeah. three. Uh, we both have two quarterbacks to talk about. Actually, I have three quarterbacks to talk about, so yeah. I am going to start. I'll, I'll kick things off. Okay. I think the top streamer this week, I can't believe I'm saying this. I think, <laughs> I think the top streamer this week is Daniel Jones. <laughs> so <laughs> Daniel Jones, and that was real vomit, by the way, folks. Yeah. Uh, Daniel Jones is a top five quarterback right now in fantasy football. There's only two quarterbacks with more rushing yards than him, Lamar Jackson and Jalen Hurts. Those are the only two that have more rushing yards than Daniel Jones. I don't think it's that like it's fluky to some degree, but they're using him in that. I mean, they're 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 rolling him yeah. out a lot, and like there there's a lot of 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 um of that action going on, RPOs yeah. and such. And so yeah. I am I, I I you know this is the Jason Garrett offense. Um, Atlanta is who he faces this week. They have one of the worst secondaries in the league. They had one of the worst entering the the season. They've done nothing to change my mind. Uh, Jalen Hurts and Tom Brady were both top five passers against them. Um, and, and actually, this is pegged as one of the fastest paced games uh, on the slate this week uh, with both of these teams running fairly fast through the first two weeks of the season. And it has a decent 48 and a half point over under. The Giants are three point favorites, so they have a good implied team total. I, I, I'm saying two things here. Number one, Daniel Jones is the top streamer. Number two, a buy candidate on the 15 transactions episode this week was Kenny Galladay. I think he has a big game too. I can see that. I mean, yeah, I, this game, this game is low key appealing. Yeah. I think. All right. I have, we're back to Teddy Bridgewater. Someone on Twitter reminded me that we used to call him Medi Bridgewater as in man. Oh, yeah, we did. And really, you know, nothing's not changed. Yeah. Not really nothing has changed. Not, nothing against Teddy, you know, seems like a good guy, whatever, but you know, let's pump the brakes on 
on, on, on stripping him of his nickname. Uh, the Broncos are 11 and a half point favorites against the Jets this week. They're at home. 26.5 point implied total for Denver. The Jets are a mess in every way, uh, including on defense. Quarterbacks are completing almost 71% of their passes against the Jets. That's the eighth highest rate in the league. Uh, Teddy himself is completing 77% of his passes through two games, which is quite high, yeah. unbelievably high, some would say. And, you know, he still somehow has that kind of low-key rushing appeal. He has seven rushing attempts through two games. I mean, it's not, you know, Lamar or anything. It's not Daniel Jones, but it's something. So I think that floor-wise, he's going to continue to perform. Um, and it, it, everything lines up for him to be a streamer once again this week. Yep, I dig Teddy. Uh, I think Daniel Jones is a better play. Would you agree that, that Daniel Jones is the top guy? I think so. Uh, I think so because I, I think that the Broncos could destroy the Jets yeah. on the ground. But but I know that's we shouldn't base our decisions on that. I do like Jones, though, because of the rushing. Yeah, there's, there's, there's less back and forth opportunity in that Jets-Broncos game than there is in the Falcons-Giants yes. game. Yes. I think that's what it comes down to, plus the rushing, obviously. Um, I'm going to go to Derek Carr, Derek Carr, who some would say is the MVP of the league right now. <laughs> I mean, well, he's played really, really well. You can't yeah. really deny it that he's, that he's played well. Um, he, he, Derek Carr went from being overrated to underrated to now he's almost overrated because P, everyone talks about him being underrated. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. Right. Like you can't be, you can't be underrated if literally everyone is saying that you're underrated. No one believes in the guy who has the seventh most passing yards through two weeks in NFL history. No one believes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. So Derek Carr gets Miami this week. He's been really good. I don't think this is the best matchup in the world. Uh, we have a small sample size and in that small sample, they have been the 10th best matchup for quarterbacks in terms of adjusted points allowed. So, you know, that's, something, but I, I wouldn't really put that much stock into it. I mean, it's a, it's a decent defense. I mean, I, I'm not, we're, we're not going to be like, you know, trying to attack the Miami defense each week, but there is a 24 and a half point implied team total for the Raiders and Derek Carr, who historically has been a fairly conservative quarterback through two games. He's throwing it deep 15 plus air yards at the fourth highest rate in the league. Yeah. So you got that going for you too, where he can uh, make that big play as he did you know, with Henry Ruggs against the Steelers. Uh, so I think, I think Carr is in play pretty safe option. I'd put him in the same tier as Teddy Bridgewater. Probably. I, I think we're, we're just, you're just playing like your, your Raiders, not all of them, of course, but like, I, I like Carr. Um, obviously, obviously there's Waller Renfro looks good. I wrote up uh, Carlson, Daniel Carlson, the kicker for Vegas. We're going to talk about their defense in a second. Release the Raiders. Yeah. All right. Um, sorry, my dog's running around upstairs. You know, I think people people might have just heard my chair. Did you hear my chair just now too? As was I it a fart as I adjusted. Well, that's what I'm saying. People are gonna are gonna say that it was a, a fart on my end, but it was not a fart. I was adjusting and I put my arms on the on the side of my chair to lift myself up and adjust. But you know, we, people. Are, we, we, not, Den, Denny cannot wait to make this fart gate 2.0. Let me tell you. I, I'm not going to no because I know that you are COVID safe and you you don't <laughs> fart because you you pass on the particles. You know, and and we don't do that. Mm. All right. Uh, so I I uh, I'm next, right? Darnold, Sam Darnold, Sam Darnold at Houston Thursday night, a classic Panthers Texans Thursday night. Or uh, so Darnold was averaging 19 fantasy points per game. And he only has three touchdowns through two games. So that seems sustainable and good. Um, should have lots of time to operate in the pocket against Houston since the Texans 
have one of the lowest sack rates in the league. Um, despite recording four interceptions, Houston has given up 28 points and 21 points to opposing quarterbacks. That's fantasy points, I should say. Darnold's adjusted yards per attempt is 8.2. That's more than two yards higher than his career rate. So I think that we have seen the thing happen with Darnold kind of, you know, turning around from the Gase, Adam Gase abyss here yeah. in the first two weeks. Um, it, I don't know if he's like a monster ceiling option here. But man, I feel I feel good about you know a couple of touchdowns, two hundred fifty yards. Yeah, Darnold's played well. Uh, we'll see how how it holds. Um, you know they've had a good schedule, but they get a good matchup here, so I would feel fine with him as well. I think once again he's in the like these are all good options this week. Even this last guy that I want to talk about, low key a good option. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo going up against Green Bay. Green Bay's defense is horrible. I mean, they, they've been so bad. You know, Jameis Winston destroys them in week one. Last week, uh, you know, on, on the, the Monday night game, Jared Goff looked pretty good against them uh, for a lot of that game. Uh, I, I was sweating bad because I had the Packers defense in the league and I couldn't not, I, I was already winning. I was up by two and a half, but I, it, it, the league settings didn't allow me to bench them. So I had to play them. And so I, to get minus three, they would need no sacks, no turnovers and allow 31 or more points. Right. And I legitimately thought that I was not going to get it after that first half. Like it wasn't legit. Looking good. No, it was not looking good at all. Um, but they did because, but you know, they played better in that second half, but they still weren't playing that well. Uh, the thing that I like about Jimmy G number one, 26 and a half point implied team total. That's very good, right? This game, you know, I, I think that Aaron Rodgers and that offense is going to have a better time moving the ball than the opponents that, the 49ers have had so far this season uh, with Philadelphia and, and Detroit. Uh, so that's good. You can have a little bit more back and forth. Here's the other thing. There's one matchup I really like in this game. And that's George Kittle. Uh, Kittle has not done much through the first two weeks of the season. Uh, they've only uh, targeted their tight ends at a 17% clip, uh, which is one of the low, you know, it's a below average rate, which is crazy because you have George Kittle on your team, but I, I'm starting to do something a little different that I'm going to introduce on this show throughout the season. Um, but I'm adjusting positional target share allowed. Uh, and so I'm taking a team's target share that they give up uh, to different positions. So running back wide receiver and tight end, and I'm adjusting that for the opponents that they've faced. And so if you look at green Bay right now, they're first in the NFL and adjusted target share allowed to the tight end position. And what that means is through the first two weeks of the season, and this is a small sample size. So don't like take this to heart as if like, this is what the mm -hmm. metric is going to show, but uh, in week one, New Orleans, Adam Troutman and Juwan Johnson, they were targeted at a really high rate. And then in week two, uh, TJ Hawkinson was targeted at a high rate slash did very well uh, in that game against Green Bay. They've added seven percentage points to the tight end target share to, to tight end groups that have faced them. So look at a team like San Francisco. Hypothetically, they've had a 17% target share against Green Bay this year. Add seven percentage points to that. Maybe we see George Kittle with like a quarter of the team's targets this week because of that matchup. So I really like that aspect of this game. I think Jimmy G, you know, some people might say that he's like in a tier below. He's a deep play. I think he's right there with the other guys. I really do. And then I, I would put Daniel Jones at the top. Uh, you know, the Packers have without Zadarius Smith, um, who had 12 and a half sacks last year. He's he's out, I guess, indefinitely at this point. Uh, without him, they have the league's lowest sack rate through yeah. two games. So it's um, terrible. Yeah. yeah, it's not good. Let's go All to right. defense. Yes, Denny, let's do defenses. You have two defenses, I believe. So yeah. go ahead and talk about them. All right. Yeah, we're back to the Panthers uh, at Houston. So Davis Mills is officially starting. Dave Cully announced today. Um, 
by the way, I'm so glad that Deshaun, we don't have to talk about Deshaun Watson. It will oh, he yeah. play? Will he not play? Yeah. The team immediately shot that down. Yeah. Um, Carolina leads the league with a 14 and a half percent sack rate. They've held opposing passers to a 52% completion rate through two weeks. Um, you know, Mil, uh, Mills, when he played in week two, and when he came in for Tyrod, who has the, or Tyrod, I should say, who has the hamstring issue, uh, he was eight for 18, 102 yards, a touchdown and an interception. He was, Mills was the fifth worst quarterback in week two when under pressure per pro football focus. So I think we have a good formula here for some turnovers for the Panthers defense. Agreed. Uh, I think they're the top streamer now that we have more information about all that. I had the Raiders in 15 transactions this week, um, but it's, you know, now it would be the Panthers, but the Raiders, they get Miami. Uh, Tua's banged up. So if Tua doesn't go, I still think the Raiders are, are close. I would still play Carolina, but I think the Raiders are close. They're at home. They're three and a half point favorites, 45 and a half point over under the Raiders defense has not been that bad to start the season. They have five yeah. sacks and three takeaways. Um, so I actually think that they're, not a terrible play uh, either. I, I, again, I would I would play Carolina. I don't know about you. I'd play Carolina over Vegas, but I, I think it's kind of close. Well, I I have to say if if Brissett is going to start, and I don't know if we if we're going to get that confirmation before Thursday, right? But if we do, I think I'm playing the Raiders. There you go. Over over the Panthers. The Raiders defense with Gus Bradley is is cooking. They're cooking. Yeah, yeah. looking All right. good. Um, uh, the Titans, don't forget about the Titans. If Carson Wentz, who has the, the maximum number of sprained ankles at two, uh, <laughs> if, if he sits this way, I mean, how honestly, that, that but, dude, that dude walks out the front door and gets hurt. It's crazy. It, you know what? I remember there's one time where he, he ran in a touchdown, really impressive run. And he almost looked, looked like he almost tore his ACL celebrating the touchdown. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like, can this guy get some like body awareness? Can someone teach that? I don't know. Um, anyway, so if he's out, if Wentz is out, Jacob Easton starts for Indy, making the Titans a viable play. Uh, Easton was two for five with a pick in limited week two action against the Rams. He has a reputation, Easton, talk, talking about Easton, as a big, incredibly inaccurate arm. Tennessee is putting pressure on the QB at the seventh highest uh, rate in the league. So things, things are looking down for the Colts. The, the Titans defense stinks by the way, right. but they could be serviceable here. Yeah. I think that's why they're not in the same tier as the Raiders and Panthers. Cause the Titans defense has just been so bad to start the year that it's hard to, to really rely on them. Yeah. Uh, let's go through these tight ends fairly quickly. Uh, Dawson Knox uh, is one guy look tight end sucks. The streamers suck uh, just to throw that out there. Dawson Knox though. He has a 9% target share this year. Not, not great, uh, but he's seen, <laughs> he's seen 13% of the team's receiving yards. So that's, that's a little bit better. Uh, the one, you know, one of the reasons that I think that he's kind of intriguing, he saw an uptick in routes run this past week in a positive game script. Uh, he ran four fewer routes than Stefan Diggs did and three fewer than Emmanuel Sanders did. Okay. Uh, Dawson Knox did, um, you know, maybe that was due to the Gabe Davis injury. Cause I don't think Gabriel Davis even ran a route in oh. that game. Um, but I will say that I think that it's more likely that it was game script related because they were just ahead. You're going to throw mm -hmm. bigger bodies out there. You're not going to spread them, spread them out on defense or anything like that. But here's the thing, Denny, the yeah. bills are, the bills are eight and a half point favorites in this game this week. Let's go. So maybe we see more Dawson Knox. Maybe he runs more routes and maybe Josh Allen decides to target him a little bit more. Sure. Sure. 
Sean McDermott, if you're listening, you know what to do. Yeah. Um, all right. I have Max Williams. Uh, I have entirely too much information on Max Williams ma- matchup against the Jaguars. By the way, Max Williams is the Cardinals tight end. If, if, yeah. He's on the Cardinals. Just for so you guys. Know. Yeah. I'm sorry. I, I assume everybody is sick and uh, knows that. Uh, so he had a big day against Minnesota last week, seven catches, 94 yards. I'm going to fly through this as much as I can. Uh, he only ran around on 58% of Kyler Murray's dropbacks. That's a little concerning in week one. That number was 66%. He only saw one target in week one. So we're talking about a very volatile option here. But the matchup is right. The the Jags uh, are averaging, let's see, tight ends are averaging nine targets per game against the Jags. Tight ends seeing a 27.3% target share against Jacksonville per JJ's research. And um, last week, Denver, Denver tight end saw 11 targets versus the Jags. Even Albert O got in on it. So um, Max Williams is usable. Uh, let's go to David and Joku. It's really, really hard to figure out the Browns tight end situation, but here's the thing. OBJ, is he going to be back? Sounds like he might be back. I don't really know, but Jarvis Landry's out. He's on IR right now. They don't have pass catchers, really reliable ones to throw yeah. to. And we've seen that over the last, the first two weeks of the season too. Like, don't get me wrong. We've, we've basically seen that the Browns have targeted their tight ends for on 46% of their target of their overall targets this year. They have a 46% wow. target share. That's by far the highest in the league. Second is Vegas with Darren Waller at 35%. They're using sort of this like committee with uh, David Njoku, Austin Hooper, and Harrison Bryant. Uh, Njoku has run the second most routes on that team. Austin Hooper was banged up, I think, a little bit in week one, uh, but he still has more routes overall than Njoku. He would be the one that you definitely would want, but Njoku is still running a decent amount of routes. Uh, He's the number two tight end in terms of routes run on this team. Uh, and Chicago's a third best matchup and adjusted tight end targets allowed or target share allowed so far. He's a super, super deep play. You know, it, maybe you're in a start two tight end league or something, or you're in a deep league and everyone's rostering tight ends. I can f- see going this direction uh, without Jarvis Landry being active, but mm-hmm. I think there are other options on this list that I, I'd probably play even Dawson Knox over David Njoku. A uh, friend of the show, Neil Dutton, I believe, is a is a big Njoku truther. I, I I think your guy is happening, Neil. I think I think Njoku yeah, could 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 happen, could emerge here. All right, I have Tyler Tyler Conklin against the Seahawks again. Conklin is the uh, Vikings tight end. Uh, you know, it's a good fantasy environment, which is very important for tight ends. Uh, the Minnesota Seattle game is tied for the highest total of the week at fifty six. Conklin is 10th in tight end routes through two weeks. He has eight targets, which, you know, is not fantastic, but we're, we, we, we don't have much to work with. Uh, Seattle looks like a tough tight end matchup, but you have to remember they don't, they play Tennessee and Indianapolis, two teams, which don't really use their, their tight ends all that much. So we're not sure if it's a good or bad matchup. Uh, it's always a good process though, to throw a tight end uh, in your lineup who is in a, a potentially high scoring game. I have uh, Stefan Rodriguez as my. No, I'm just kidding. That's just. <laughs> I was wondering if, if anyone would even notice that he uh, wasn't a tight end. Uh, no, the last the last tight end I want to talk about is Zach Ertz. He's an actual tight end. I think Ertz is a sneaky play. Does I he mean, have COVID? He, does he? Uh, I'm checking now. I don't think I, he has COVID. I, I thought I saw a designation, but I'm, I'm checking. Did that anyway? Change? Go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. Well, if Zach Ertz is COVID free. Uh, 51 and a half point over under against Dallas this week. The Eagles are three and a half point underdogs that could force more throwing. Uh, right now, Philly has an overall pass to rush ratio under one, which means they're running the ball more than they've, they've thrown it. 
uh, against Dallas. They may not be able to do that. Zach Ertz has run one fewer route than Dallas Goddard so far this year, but he only has an 8% target share versus Dallas Goddard's 12% target share. So you still should prefer Goddard, but yeah. in this game where there could be more passing, et cetera, et cetera, mm-hmm. um, you know, you're targeting this game because there's a high over under, it could be a lot of scoring. Zach Ertz would be your dude. Yeah. Ertz is on the COVID list. Uh, we're not sure if, you know, if he's Did that happened today. That happened on the 20th. So yesterday, oh. last night, I think. Okay. Well, I missed that news. Sorry guys. But at least now you know that you can play Ertz if he's fine, but if he's mm-hmm. not fine, then don't play him. Maybe check NBC sports edge every once in a while. It's just a thought. I had, I honestly had no idea that Zach Ertz <laughs> had this COVID situation. I, I just passingly saw it. I'm glad uh, that you saw it because now we're giving the listeners good information. That's right. Uh, all right. Last, last but not least, this is a super deep play. Please stop throwing eggs in my house. Uh, Luke Farrell. Luke Farrell. He, this is a, a real person. Evidently. He, he is a real person. I swear. He was, a, it was, a, he was a blocking tight end at Ohio state. He caught two touchdowns in the national championship game last year. Um, anyway, he's playing the, the, the Cardinals uh, James O'Shaughnessy season is over. He is, he is not playing this week or anytime soon. He has a high ankle sprain. Uh, Luke Farrell stepped in last week as the primary pass catching and route running tight end for Jacksonville, you know, so do with that what you will. I don't know what to say. So to recap, we have Luke Farrell, Tyler Conklin, Max, what sounds like I'm, I'm reading off their graduation uh, <laughs> names, you know, so they can walk across the stage. Right. Max Williams, Zach Ertz, David Njoku, Dawson Knox, Titans D as a deep one. Panthers D, Raiders D, Jimmy G, Sam Darnold, Teddy Bridgewater, Derek Carr, Daniel Jones. I know we named a lot of them, but I think that we at least walk through, you know, who we would play above the other and all of that kind of stuff. Sure. Let's go to Twitter. We have a question from at Rookmatic. Can we get a GoFundMe started for JJ to go to a real barber shop or salon? There's no way, quote, who knows what can happen should be the attitude of an adult about to get a haircut in the year of our Lord 2021. Now, look. Uh- I, look, look, okay. I get it. I understand it. The convenience of the greatest of clips is, uh, is, uh, unmatched really. Uh, I don't want to have to make appointments and do that. I know I don't need that. I'm going to go to the to great clips. I'm going to walk in and say, I don't know what my hair is going to look like when I walk out of this place, but it's going to be a hell of a ride. Uh, yeah, I, yeah, I guess, I guess that's one way to look at it. And you know, I, I don't get it. I can't relate on any level. Um, as someone who drives to freaking DC to get his haircut every, every three months, but, but, you know, to, to each his own. Now I, I, I will say, uh, <clears throat> that w- your, your head of hair is so, is so solid that it can withstand some questionable cuts, you know, yeah. you know what I mean? No, I, and, I, I agree. That's why I can do this. I feel like. Yeah. Right. So you're, you're really, what you're doing is just showing off and I, I don't appreciate it. Yeah, this is just a giant flex. Yeah. Uh, next question at Noda underscore burner kicker question for our kicker king is a guy like Carlson fine to just set and forget for most of the season. Even in matchups, I feel like Gruden is the type of guy to kick a field goal down 21 with 748 left in the game. Not sure he'll ever have a game where he doesn't kick get field goal tries. Yes. Good question. I, I wrote up Carlson. I uh, an expanded blurb thing on Carlson today in my kicker column on NBC sports edge, check it out. Um, Carlson is an every week starter. I, that uh, I hereby declare. Okay. Um, and the, the Raiders offense clicking the way it is and their upcoming schedule for at least six weeks. I don't see any 
hiccups and, and unless Derek Carr is hurt the, the ankle thing from last week if he misses any time you you gotta abandon Carlson I think because then Nathan Peter Peterman is is uh starting hey um, held, held a pit held a pit and you right and you would never want to start a pit uh a, a guy in a, in a in a pit run offense just wait for anyway, Kenny Pickett next year boys just wait um I'll assume that's a real person uh and and anyway uh so so yes the, to answer your question uh we are locked in on Daniel Carlson Next question at Fut Bumbles. I am a I am pro downfield lateral in literally any football situation. Where does Denny and JJ stand when it comes to the coolest play in football? So that is a cool play. I'm assuming that this is related to the Zeke CD Lamb thing that happened. Remember the, the lateral that we saw yes. in that game at the end of the half? I, I I feel like this maneuver and this move is underutilized in the NFL. Yes. I like, Absolutely. like we never, there, there's too much fear uh, with, with these coaches and these play callers that they're going to lose the ball without thinking about the upside. Yes. No, you're right. And uh, savvy players do it really well. Like players with great awareness of everybody else in the field on where they are and how fast they're going and how fast their teammates are going. Randy Moss was yes. always really good. at. Do you this. remember? I was just going to say, do you remember the Randy Moss, Mo Williams play? Yes. Um, it's, just, like, just, it's just like etched in my, I'm like, I will never forget that play. It was amazing. It's it, it. I think it actually like, if it feels a little bit like, um, like a point guard, like trying yeah. to keep a play alive, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. um, saving a ball from going out of bounds in basketball, like, like that, that's sort of like field general mentality and CD lamb has it. You can tell you the way, the yeah. way he did that. That was awesome. Like they, yes, underutilized. It'll never be utilized though, because coaches, just wear diapers they're just crapping their pants the entire game they they yeah. they they just fear mistakes so much that they would never do that by the way shout out to john harbaugh for yes, going fourth yes. down i was about to say that i i immediately texted my my in-laws family and because there's a running joke because i've now become less of a Steeler fan and they're ravens fans and there's yeah. it's become a joke where they're when when lamar jackson was coming up because i was really high on him i i adopted i said my ravens to you know it's like my team now so anytime they have a big win like that, I just text them in all caps, my Ravens. And I yeah. actually, I actually meant it this time, like from my heart when John that, Harbaugh did that. That was a cool moment. That yeah. was a cool moment. I was, I, I, you know, you, you, you see, you could read his lips. Yeah. It was amazing. It was amazing. Harbaugh. It was amazing. Lamar, if, Lamar, you want to go for it? If that doesn't get you going at, at yeah. midnight in the East coast, then you're not a football fan. I yeah, just, I, 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 that, that was, it was amazing. It was just so perfect. I, I loved it so much. It was, it was awesome. Uh, next question at Charles Sward. What is the ideal soup and sandwich combination? And what would you pair with a meat mountain? All That's right, let's, let's forget. Let's forget that second question. Soup and sandwich. Number one. I mean, it's got to be as, as gluten and dairy free as possible now for me, as we know. Did you know that I eat gluten free, Denny? Yeah, you, uh, no. Tell me about it. Yeah. Soy and dairy free <laughs> as well. Yeah. Um, no. So I look, I, I'm a big I'm a big, uh, like just a Italian sub kind of guy. Okay. That's usually the, the, the angle I go out with sandwich. And then, you know, cause I'm thinking more like deli meat type sandwich here with this okay. question and then soup. I don't know. Soup. I, I think soup is a little bit overrated and I know that never had a good soup. Twitter is going to come after me for that, but I think soup is a little bit overrated because it's so redundant. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's the same no. bite over and over it, and over again. It, it's not good. It's not stop with the soup. Soup's not a meal. Uh, I, <laughs> I can't answer this question because I don't like sandwiches. I don't like soup. 
So, you know, I don't know what to say here. I mean, I do like crab soup because I'm legally obligated to. Right. I, I don't like like back when I would would was uh, eating dairy because I don't know if you know this, but I don't eat dairy anymore, Denny. <laughs> I don't know. Like I don't I didn't mind like a broccoli cheddar soup. I thought that, you know, that a good one was actually pretty good. Um, And I, I here here's one soup that is fairly good, especially if you're not feeling great is wedding soup. Wedding soup is pretty good. As long What's as you. That? It's like a like a you get little ball like noodle balls and and like a mm. like some some meat in there and some spinach and some carrot. Oh. I mean it's just like it's just good. But the the one thing I will say with soup, you absolutely need like a like chunks of something. Yeah. You 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 need substance in there. You can't be like like tomato soup. Get out of here with tomato soup. Get uh, yeah, if anyone's eating tomato soup with just a spoon and not dipping a, like a grilled cheese in it or something, you are a psychopath. I mean, what, what, what is, what's going on there? The, the, the tomato soup is so disgusting, but yeah, I mean, yeah. Uh, someone call it chunky soup. It's good. Yeah. 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 Next question at, uh, I don't know how to pronounce this. Uh, Altrurious. Uh, is it ever okay to wear socks and sandals? What about sandals with jeans? I've been wearing socks with sandals um, for some reason, but I've well, been like around recently or just like in like forever. No, 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 no. Just recently. But, but I, I've been, you know, around, it's only around the house. I would never go in public like that. I think my, I think that I, my, I think my wife would start gagging if she saw me doing that around the house. Even. Yeah. I mean, I'm such I'm, a, such a faux I'm, pas. I'm not, I'm not wearing anything else. It's just the socks and the sandals, but you know. <laughs> okay. Well then yeah. It's way, <laughs> way more appealing than for your wife. Uh, yeah. I mean, I'm not a big sandals guy, to be honest with you. I, I like the resort. I went there for my honeymoon, but I, I don't, I don't put them on my feet very often. <laughs> I, I do. I like maybe if I'm at the beach, I'll do flip-flops or if I go to the pool, I'll do flip-flops, but I, I don't have a pair of Jesus sandals in my closet. I'll say so that. My, at least. You, my, my, my feet, uh, first of all, religion, we shouldn't, we shouldn't be. You're right. You're right. And, right. and, and secondly, uh, my feet sweats too much to not wear socks and, and wear sandals. Yeah. Sorry. Okay. I mean, I, I, so are your sandals, are they flip-flops? They're, they're like Adidas soft. Okay. Sandals. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. The, so you, you just look like a zoomer then. Do I, is that what they're wearing? Yeah. That's what they'll wear. Like the high socks with the, with the, uh, like Adidas flip flops. Oh, it's, it's ankle socks. I, I, so I don't think I'm a zoomer. Oh, you're wearing ankle socks. You just, yeah. yeah you're just outing yourself as a millennial. <laughs> yeah. uh, next question at sweet Pete one zero three, four. I incorrectly trusted a fart this morning. <laughs> <laughs> Having said that, what is the cutoff between selling high on a player versus keeping that player all year? I, these questions always get like, I get questions like this for my mailbag episode every week. And the answer is it depends. It depends on the player itself. You can't, it, 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 there's just so many factors to it. You just don't, it's not a blanket thing that you can figure out. Can, can we say just very briefly, can we say usage? Yeah. You, I mean, yeah. 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 Usage is like, a good, like if it is, is it sustainable? Is what yeah, they're doing sustainable right, and right. then go from there. Yeah. At Matt Porter, three, two, eight. My daughter just turned two and is obsessed with frozen. Of course, as a fellow yeah. hashtag girl, dad, what Disney movie do you enjoy more now with your daughters? And what was your favorite Disney movie when you were a kid? Hmm. Good, good question. So Avery isn't like Avery just turned three in July. And we watch show like she'll watch shows all the time. She loves Paw Patrol. Like she's just uh, like every, she's in, in that phase right now. But, and we watch like the Paw Patrol movie, but she's still not a sit down and just watch the whole movie while, right. you know, like all the way through. 
but sure. um for, she, if we do it's still we're still on the frozen train right now yeah right i mean yeah my daughter eleanor has been obsessed with frozen for years um uh just just plays plays frozen dolls then watches the movie then plays you know she's she's elsa then you know yeah uh it's yeah it's uh it's constant i i i've, I've seen the movie is that the question have we seen no, it, well so what what are your daughters into and then but oh, what is what was, what was your time? favorite disney movie growing up i mean i guess i guess mighty ducks probably yeah that's a good one and it's d2 d2 is the only acceptable answer to that i to mean that d1 was good too No, d, d2 is better it's the only movie where the second iteration was better than the first it's better than d fire that's for sure. Yeah, it is better than D Fire. Here's here's my Disney movie of choice growing up. I, Mighty Ducks is a really good answer because I I know literally every line to D two, but I think my answer to this I'm not going to go cartoon. I'm going to go with Hook. Oh yeah, I I, I did love Hook. Yeah, Hook kid. Hook is an it was on the other day and I watched a good half hour of it because it's a damn good movie. I, you know, I, I can't, I can't come up with it. Like another one that I liked more than, than that's hook, hook is so good. That's yeah. a really, really great answer. And it's one of those movies too, where you, when you're little, you know, when you're like seven years old watching that or something, you don't really comprehend how creative the movie is. No. Right. No, it's one of no. those movies when you're older and you're like, wow, okay. this is really cool. Right. This is a really good movie. Really well. Done. One thing, one thing on the Disney front, and then we can go on. Uh, if if anybody ever gets a chance to to YouTube uh, the '80s Disney Halloween special, do it. You'll love it. I guarantee it'll bring back memories. If you're if you're over 35 years old, it'll bring back memories like a mother. I'm telling you. I missed the cutoff by a couple of years. Yeah, uh, well, you can still you um, can still do it. You can still I got end. Next question at Fantasy Ronin. Hey guys, loving the content. What would be your going rate if you charge to be on other people's podcasts, both individually and as a duo? I mean, as a duo, we'd have to like triple our, our individual rates. Well, I think individually it'd be 69 bucks per hour and then as a duo before 20. Yeah, yeah, that's a good that's yeah. a good rule. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I would say too. Uh let's see. I don't know how much time. I don't think we have that much time left, but I will go with at boo underscore duh underscore pest. When it comes to your cell phone, are you guys light mode or dark mode and why? Uh, I, look, I, I get made fun of all the time on Twitter for this because I take screenshots and stuff. I am team light mode all day long, every app, Twitter, etc. Team yeah. light mode, let's go. So I, I I've been I've been shamed into going to dark mode because this is shamed the, into, into going to dark mode. The, 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 yeah, this is what the kids are using, and and so and and, the, and so anytime anybody in their twenties sees someone with light mode, they they lose their minds. Oh, how could you right. do that? You're, aren't your eyes burning out of your skull? No, my eyes are just fine. Yeah, I mean, my eyes I, feel I, great with light mode. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't, I never thought about it. Your eyes, uh, uh, you know, it's it's not actual heat coming out. It's just the light mode. Right. And there's, I, I believe I saw a study where some people just prefer light mode to dark mode. Like it's just the way that their eyes work. So all you people, like, here's the thing. You never have light mode people shaming dark mode people. You have dark mode people only shaming light mode people. It's true. You Yes, you're right. No, this this cancellation of light mode people must end. Yes. Uh, let's just go with one more question uh, this week that's fantasy related too. Uh, this is from at uh, Plaisance. Fields, if Dalton is ruled out or the streamers, specifically Teddy fields yeah i i think that i mean i'd probably lean field I, actually if this week alone i would pick up fields like he's the top pickup if he's on your waiver wire because i would want that season-long upside 
but I think I'm playing straight up Daniel Jones over Justin Fields this week. Yeah. Yeah, I do. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, <laughs> so that didn't help you at all. Sorry about that. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm going fields. The last thing I want to note, uh, is from our pal, Bethany L Peters. Uh, and she said, Hey guys, love the show. Can you please do a quick plug for my London marathon fundraiser? I need one more child sponsored to reach my goal of 26 kids. Marathon is on October 3rd. Uh, and JJ congrats on becoming a quote new dad. So I, I know that you sponsored a child, uh, not long ago, correct? Denny? Yeah, uh, yeah, I started a, a best ball league and everybody chipped in and okay, that's we what, all, okay, yeah, that's we all did that. So I sponsored one uh, last night um, and it's a cool thing that Bethany's doing uh, through World Vision. Is that what it is? Team World, World Vision. Vision, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and you sponsor a child, you give uh, money every month to help this child live uh, and you get to see updates on the, on the child, et cetera, et cetera. And Bethany is trying to raise funds for the London Marathon. And you guys should definitely check it out. Uh, I will retweet it from the, the Twitter account uh, at LiveTheStreamFF. Check out that Twitter account and you will see the tweet from Bethany. Um, but that's going to be the last, the last thing I want to add with the, with the Twitter stuff. Because I think it's important. And Bethany has yeah. been an unbelievable supporter of our show through the years. Absolutely. All right, Denny. That's going to do it for today's show. Where can everyone find you? At CD Carter 13 on Twitter, and you can find all my work. I have two weekly columns and 47 podcasts on NBCSportsEdge.com. I'm on Twitter at Late Round QB. You can find my other podcast, the Late Round Podcast, anywhere podcasts can be found. I believe I saw a file come through my email on Sunday yes. night. Yes, you did. And we and have- it was the, the, the file was was titled Week Two Tilt Montage. So, guys. You get a tilt montage, enjoy it, and we will talk to you next week. It's uh, 3.57 p.m. in the only legitimate time zone on planet Earth, the Eastern time zone. And I'm wondering about Trevor Lawrence. I'm wondering if Urban Meyer hears the letters USC. USC every time Trevor Lawrence drops back he's being exposed against this Denver defense it's a good defense no doubt but I mean he looks like shit sorry to the kids apologies to the kids listening but Trevor Lawrence doesn't look great I I did a a couple pieces where I I, this offseason where I had to look into Trevor Lawrence's college production as you know i don't really expose myself to college football because it's it's the worst uh and i didn't i didn't get it i didn't i I didn't get it with trevor lawrence i got it with trey lance i got it with justin fields i even got it with mac jones didn't get it with trevor lawrence what's what was the big deal what is the big deal about about this kid i i don't know i don't know so obviously i I could be eating my words uh by next week but i don't think i will be i don't think it will be mostly because i've never been owned and mostly because urban meyer is his coach and both of them uh will be gone from jacksonville in four years Uh, and i should say lawrence will be gone after his rookie contract urban meyer will be gone by uh, Christmas. And did I have 
Trevor Lawrence in DFS today, heavily exposed to him in DFS? Yes. It's funny you would ask because the answer is yes. I'm tilting. Uh, 4.08 p.m. Eastern time zone. And uh, shout out quickly to the Steelers uh, for absolutely ruining the libs today, uh, setting back liberalism in America by at least 50 years. They punted on two late game possessions when they should have easily gone for it. No brainer situations. They punted instead and they're going to lose to the Raiders. Um, looks like 26, 17. Uh, but most importantly, look, when you have a chance to truly trigger the analytics libs, you gotta take it. Those chances don't come around all that often, especially not late in the game, where you, you can you can do something that upsets analytics advocates even if you lose. Your winning or losing is secondary to upsetting the people who disagree with your approach to football. That goes without saying. So Mike Tomlin, this one's for you. Uh, you've triggered me. I'm upset. Mission accomplished. I'm tilting. All right, we have a live tilt here. It's 5.38 p.m. in the Eastern time zone. The Titans are at the 11-yard line. Uh, Tannehill drops back. Actually, he hands it to Derrick Henry. Of course he does. What I need here, folks, is an A.J. Brown touchdown. That's that's what I need, in case, in case you're wondering. And I, I just want to give you a taste of my live tilt. Oh, there's Prater. Prater from 50-some yards right down the pipe. Let's go. All right. You know, when you're a kicker tout and your guy nails a 50-some yarder, uh, you feel alive. You don't feel dead, I guess, I guess is, is what I would say. Uh, man, that Vikings-Cardinals game is fun as hell. Way to go, Vikings and Cardinals, for not sucking like everybody else. All right, we're back to this Titans game after a short delay. Two-minute warning. Uh, up the gut, Henry again. The Titans are just absolutely owning the libs at every opportunity. Uh, two yards and a cloud of dust. Not even three yards. Two yards and a cloud of dust. All right, now we have third and five from the eight-yard line for Tennessee. Again, I'm going to need an A.J. Brown touchdown. A.J. Brown lined up in the slot. One time, one time, one time. Can I get a one time in the chat? One time? Nope. It's Julio. Shit. I'm tilting. Thank you for listening to Live in the Stream. We hope you enjoyed the internet podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes now. It won't take long. It's fast. For more fantasy football info, check out LakeGroundQB.com. Hope you come back soon as we share a 